episode of Six Pennies Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Farmers Insurance and Derek Shaw. Don't be caught unprepared the next time there's a flood, a hurricane, or if you are in a car accident. Get a home, a life, or an auto insurance quote today. Derek is sitting next to his cell phone waiting for you to call him so he can give you a free consultation. Please check his Facebook page at facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance, D-E-R-E-K-S-H-A-W Insurance, and call his cell phone at 214-729-6462. And did you know that Farmers Insurance also sponsors Ricky Fowler? Did you know that, Mark? Man, you you know who he is? You love golf. Yeah, man, he's an awesome golfer. I don't know much golf. <laughs> he's pretty flashy. He's so good. He's, he's pretty good. He's, he's known okay. more for his flashy style. Yeah. We're some pretty cool clothes. I've seen that. Uh, but thanks, Derek Shaw and Farmers Insurance once again. All right. Well, welcome to this episode of Six Pennies Podcast. Mock and I are going to go over some NBA free agency news. I know, I know we're about two weeks too late. Um, we didn't want to do any reactionary podcast because so much stuff was going on around July 1st. So we waited a little while to see everything that was happening. And now we got um, digested everything together, and we're going to go over some of the best moves of the summer and look at how the West is shaping up. So, Mark, what was the biggest move this summer for you? For me, looking over the list, it has to be, um, aside from CP3, a bit of a homer there, but aside from him, it has to be Paul George. Um, The more I look at the trade, the more kind of amazed I am that it happened. Not not so much that I'm that low on Old Depot. I still think he could be a good player. But for a guy that um, is definitely overpaid, for him for Presti to be able to get rid of that contract and not give up a pick and land Paul George for at least a year, it, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's definitely worth what they gave up. Everybody always talks about, you know, this great trade that Presti made and how, you know, how good of a GM he is. But he's the one that signed Oladipo to that contract like one year ago, right? Less than a year ago. How, let me ask you this. How do you think Presti will be remembered overall, like legacy-wise, as of right now? Um, I mean, I think I think the Harden trade is going right. to define him. Yeah. I think it's like he, he gave up James Harden when he could have kept a budding dynasty together. So they, I mean, it's, it's not like his fault. It's ownership that didn't want to pay the luxury tax or something, but... Uh, I think in the end, that team probably could have won a championship by now if they had stayed together for a couple more years. Yeah, at least one, right? Yeah, and then you lose Kevin Durant, and then. Uh, but now getting Paul George is a great. I mean, it's a great deal. Um, it, he seems like he could be a good fit next to Westbrook. They also got Patrick Patterson on on a great discount. They re-signed Andre Roberson. Um, maybe he's figured out how to shoot a little better this summer i don't know uh they they seem pretty good uh do they have any other players it's like those guys and steven adams and And, and canter is the only one on the bench i think um yeah the only thing is it was a good trade i just don't know how much it really matters in terms of getting all the way up in the west right yeah i mean they aren't going getting into the top probably three in the west but i mean they could be battling for at least home court advantage, trying to go for the four seed. I guess you never know what happens with the Spurs, too. No, we know what happens with the Spurs. They're going to win, like, 55-plus games <laughs> every, every year, right? Every single year. Let, let me ask you this. If you're a Thunder fan and, say, Paul George ends up leaving next summer, like, 
he is expected to. Is this still a good trade? Yeah, it's good because they got rid of that Oladipo contract that apparently was awful that they just signed. So, I mean, at least they'll have cap space open. Uh, I mean, I assume that if Paul George leaves that Russell Westbrook would be leaving as well. And that means they got a ton of cap space. So at least they'll have a clean sheet for the future. Not that that's a good thing, but it's better than the alternative of having bad contracts. Yeah, silver linings, I guess. Yeah. Um, So you don't think Gordon Hayward is the biggest move of the summer? Uh, He was up there in terms of the most talked about move. Uh, He was anticipated for a while. He was kind of this summer's version of Dwight Howard way back in the day. Uh, No, he's not as bad. Not as bad as Dwight Howard. Everybody, I think, weren't you and I'll be saying that about Kevin Durant? Dwight Howard, like like actually changed his mind multiple times over the course of like a week. Well, that's what they're reporting Hayward did too, right? Hayward just that last day when the report came out from Chris Haynes and then they, they wanted to release it on Players Tribune and so people were like, oh, maybe he's still deciding. Maybe he was, but it was just like a few hours. Wait, did he or did he not? I, I You told me that he had written up like three different versions of that essay. That's what the reports are. I think it's like he didn't give an interview. It's like he, he was trying to decide. He wrote three versions so that he could uh, plan it out on paper, kind of see how it felt like when he, he was writing it out, kind of as a thought process exercise, which is just total BS, right? He was just needed more time to finish his 2,000-word essay. <laughs> well, I think I'm higher on the Celtics' chances before Gordon Hayward than you were. Uh, how do you think he... Really? I, I think so. I, I think... I was saying that they were like one piece away, um, but I think you were a little further off on that. So how do you think that this moves helps or hurts the Celtics going into this oh, year? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that this move was going to be enough for them anyway. Do you think like you, you think this puts them over the top? Like, Can they beat Cleveland with this team? No. So how did it, uh, how did it, how was that one move away? Like it, a, they're the right move away. Uh, Hayward doesn't bring it by himself. If they got Paul George instead of Hayward, it would have put them over the you top. You think so? I think, I, I think so. Uh, Paul George just brings much more on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. And Hayward, it, it wasn't just an addition of Hayward. They had to make room for him by trading away a couple of key pieces like Avery Bradley, right? Yeah, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. But um, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, the Avery Bradley trade is going to be tough for them because now they're pulling in Marcus Smart and expecting him to be that stopper on a full-time basis, and that guy can't really shoot. That, that kind of causes some problems on the offensive end when he's in the game. Um, and then, yeah, some of the other moves, I mean, they traded Bradley for Marcus Morris, who um, <laughs> plays the same position as Gordon Hayward, kind right. of, right? And um, they have they kept Jay Crowder because he has a better contract than Bradley, Great but contract. he's also a small forward. Yeah, um, they drafted Jalen Brown last year, small forward, and then this year they they took Jason Tatum instead of you know holding on to the number one pick and getting Fultz. And uh, Tatum looks good; he looked good in the summer league and the highlights I saw. But he's also a small forward. So what are they doing there? They didn't get a big man or anything. <laughs> do you, Do you think all these moves for small forwards or, or swingmen was it on purpose by Danny Ainge? Is he is this a stroke of genius or an, a big error? Uh, I think he's doing it on purpose, but I think it might be an error. Like, I, I think that his goal is to get these interchangeable guys that can all play, like, three and four. Right. Um, especially in this stretchy, like, small ball era of basketball. Yeah. But, I mean, the Celtics have consistently had trouble rebounding with only Horford, you yeah. know, as their only big man. 
They, I mean, looking back now, especially at last year's deadline, they should have just gone for Nerlens Noel, considering what he went for. You were saying um, that, yeah. He would have been, I mean, a really good fit for them last year, but especially moving forward. And that guy's still a restricted free agent. Um, so I, I don't know if they could have like, re-signed him. I'm sure they could have re-signed him. Uh, it seems like he could have been a good fit there, or at least some other, at least, you know, serviceable big man like that. Yeah, I don't know who else has the money out there anymore to even make an offer for Noel. Um, so it looks like Dallas, you think Dallas is going to get him on the cheap? I have no idea. Do the, the Nets will still have money, right? Because Otto Porter uh, got re-signed or got matched. Yeah. So I think the Nets might might be the, the team that would still have some dollars, but I don't, I don't know. Um, Cuban kind of slow playing it might might pay off for the Mavs. We're not going to talk about the Mavs because Albie's not here today. <laughs> It's it's just uh, been an interesting offseason so far. As as soon as July first hit, as soon as the moratorium started, it's uh, there's a lot of friends at the beginning, like there always is. But it looks like the money dried up pretty fast. So in a lot of ways, those people who cashed in at the very beginning might have gotten the best deals, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, a couple of the deals though. Like Lowry and Ibaka, each only getting three-year deals. They signed pretty early. I don't know why they didn't get four or five-year deals. They're they're both like uh, Lowry's over thirty, and I think Serge is almost thirty, but plays like he's thirty-three already. Um, <laughs> and then Paul Millsap only got like a two plus one from Denver. Like those aren't great. Do you think that's the trend nowadays? Like, do you think they wanted five, six-year deals? I think they those guys should have been going for the full four or five year max because just because of their age. That, yeah, if if you're already thirty one, thirty two, by the end of the contract they'll be thirty five, thirty four. Uh, it's hard to get like another huge deal at that point, right. um, unless you're somebody like LeBron or Durant or something. Well, it's a balance though, right? So I think it comes down to yeah, your age, but also kind of your risk tolerance. So yeah. So obviously you get a shorter deal, like a lot of these one-year deals that are going out the door now, uh, like a J.J. Redick, he got paid for only signing for one year, but it, it seems like it might be worth it, right? So it's for 22, 23 mil for one year? That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good for him because um, he's been on a pretty cheap contract the last three or four years, like $7 million a year, so he really needed to get paid here. And then it's a great fit on that Philly team. That's going to be fun to watch where he's – uh, kind of playing a mentorship role and then just providing the shooting they need. The other guy who did the, the one-year deal is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Yeah. After the, the Pistons renounced him, and then he got the one-year deal, $18 million with the Lakers, which is good for him because, um, I mean, gets the payday, gets to live in L.A., and yeah. then he'll be a free agent again, unrestricted free agent next year. And he's young. When, uh, yeah, he's still only 24, 25. He can, his stock can, can rise this year playing on the Lakers and, you know, taking over a lot of scoring um, opportunities there. Yeah. So you mentioned Millsap's deal earlier. Uh, he he got yeah. paid quite a bit as well, but only for a couple, two or three years. Um, I think it's three years ninety, but the third year is a team option, so it's really two years sixty. Yeah. Well, we'll see how much yeah. the cap rises at that point. Millsap, I think, throughout his career has like the past five or six years after he was in Utah. I think he signed like a three-year deal with Atlanta and then a two-year extension. Yeah. And then he always makes all-star teams. He's like consistently, everyone says he's so good. I don't know why he never gets more than a two- or three-year contract. I wanted him so bad on the Rockets multiple times. He would have he been really good uh, like next
next to Dwight like three or four years ago when yeah. we thought Dwight was good. Yeah. <laughs> he he was good back then. Um he did his yeah. job back then. But he's so he got traded to from Atlanta to the Denver Nuggets. How do you think they'll do? I know you're pretty high on them. Man, the Nuggets are gonna be awesome. They're gonna be they're getting in the playoffs. Lock? I, I Is that a lock? Has, like a six seed. Yeah, you don't think so? Oh, we're gonna have to go through these teams to kind of make Jok- sure. Jokic and Millsap. I mean, they're kind of hurting in terms of a point guard, but that's besides a, that, that's I mean, that's a pretty stacked. big jump, though, uh, and that's a pretty big missing piece in, with the point guard missing. Um, but a pretty big I jump mean, from ten to six. But if they got like Jokic, who can really run the offense from the top of the key, and uh, they just need a guy who can bring the ball up the court and give it to Jokic. <laughs> yeah. So let let's go through the teams then. Uh, yeah. Let's let's start start from last year. I think the number one has to stay the same with the Warriors. Uh, Obviously, no yeah, doubt there. Unfortunately, <laughs> they're gonna be at the top until someone knocks them off. And I I still have the Rockets as number two. Um, I had them there Dang. last year too. Even though they lost to the Spurs, we won't talk about that yet. Um, okay. I I still have the Spurs as number three. Do you agree with that list so far? Yeah, I mean I. You know, in some ways, I can see the Spurs dropping off. Like, but, but <laughs> you can not. see that every year, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they didn't do anything. What did they do? A oh, Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. That on the cheap. Real Rudy cheap. Rudy Gay right? though, had, like he tore an Achilles or a ACL or something last year. He's not even gonna be able to play like for a few months, and who knows how good he'll be when he comes back. They're they're bringing the band back together though. So Ginobili just is coming yeah. back, and uh, Patty Mills resigned. That was their big resigning. Um, Pau Gasol, yeah, I assume they're gonna bring him back. Yeah, because nobody wants him. Nobody's <laughs> offering anything for Pau Gasol. I don't know. I mean, he opted out for the sake of the Spurs, but that seems like a mistake for him. Should have just taken the money. I guess he'll he'll get paid in the long run by the Spurs. Yeah. But you know, they lost some of the band. They lost Dwayne Dedman and Jonathan Simmons, who are pretty solid role players, but. Simmons, um, yeah, that's a good call. Simmons got the paid. Spurs, the Spurs are just gonna find some some other D league guys and turn them into the next Simmons and yeah. Dedman anyway. I mean, so. Simmons was playing rec league ball here in Houston for for a while, and then the Spurs picked him up, so they can Jeez. kind of find him anywhere. Um, what a great great success story! I mean, he signed for three years, eighteen million. Yeah. With the Magic, that's pretty nice. That is great. That's got to be best case scenario for him, right? In terms of. This time last year to now, <laughs> I don't know. Like right, right after the playoffs, uh, I think people were saying um, they could even be going for almost like a, a eight figure contract, like a ten million Ooh. per year contract. Uh, but like you said, the money started drying up, and I think that's how he ended up with. I think it's a solid deal for the Magic, even though who knows what they're doing with their team. Um, <laughs> but for him, you know, getting paid anywhere near that is is great. Well, but, at least he's not yeah, another power forward, right? He's small forward, right? Yeah, at least he's not uh, another power forward to add to them. He's another he's another tweener for them. So <laughs> they need more of them. Okay, so we got one, two, three, pretty set. Warriors, Rockets, Spurs. Do you think four is like the Thunder? I didn't think so, but looking up and down this list, I think we have the pencil of them in there. Um, the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, uh, so the Clippers and Jazz were four, five last yeah. year. You think they're both dropping off? They have to. They they lost Hayward and CP3. I don't see how they can stay at four. Um, Man, I think the Jazz are still going to be really solid. They still have Rodney Hood. They picked up Ricky Rubio, who's going to be uh, good at running that team. Uh, and they drafted Donovan Mitchell, who is killing in summer league. Um, obviously, Gobert running the defense there. That's still a very solid team. I think they could be four, maybe five. 
losing losing Hill is gonna uh, hurt yeah. them more than more than people think. Even though he that he was hurt a lot, but at their best, they Hill was there. Um, and Hayward, I mean, I, I've been high on him for a while, and he's he's quickly gone from underrated to overrated. Uh, but he was still a very big piece of that team, uh, especially offensively when they needed a bucket. He they could they could go to him in the clutch. I just I, I think you're one of the only people left who are pretty high on Rubio. <laughs> what man, Rubio's good. Um, he's solid he's, on the right team. He was playing on a team though that had no shooters, and now he can at least pass to Hood and um, and Joe Ingles and Joe Johnson, and at least those guys can shoot a little bit. But Rubio still can't shoot. That's the biggest issue. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like well, he, I he would have been he really it. good like ten or twenty years ago. Like he would have been really good premier point guard like, in the league. Yeah, kind of like the Rondo, like like eight years ago. Yeah. Um. But okay, so we got at least four teams. I still think the Jazz are going to be in the playoffs. Um, so you have them five. Like a, probably around five. I got like the Nuggets and the Wolves after that. The Timberwolves adding Jimmy Butler and Jeff T. They're in there. So you got two teams jumping into the playoffs from last year: uh, Nuggets and the Wolves. That's yeah, that's pretty big. So Clippers, you have out or in? You have them at eight. Clippers are so they're so borderline. I I guess I think I take the Blazers at eight over the Clippers right now. Oh, so okay, so. So Blazers are going to hold on to the 8 seed from last year. So you have... No, no, no. Let's go Clippers. They're going to go Clippers. So Clippers? Uh, yeah, they got Patrick Beverly, our boy. That's enough. <laughs> so Beverly Beverly is enough to take them over the top or, or hold on to a seed. Uh, so you have the... Yeah, I mean, they got they got the Serbian guy, Milos, and they got, um, you know, Lou Williams, Sam Decker. They got all our guys. So I, I think <laughs> they still should be good. They Blake and, and DeAndre. That's okay. Yeah, it's like the Rockets B team. Um, so you have the Grizzlies, Blazers, both falling Pelicans out of the playoffs. Pelicans are out. Man, that's tough. Man, really, another year with the Pelicans missing the playoffs with Boogie and Davis. Well, this is the first year that they'll have them together for a full year, right? They'll yeah. have training camp. Maybe they'll be good. They got Drew Holiday for like $130 million or something. Uh, they got Rondo to hang out with Boogie again. I guess that's yeah. cool. And Drew Holiday but, missed a lot of last year. Yeah, he uh, yeah. There was the health condition for his wife earlier in the year, so he didn't play. So, but he was injured like the years before that, so right. could be a little bit of an issue there. They don't have any wings though. Can you name a wing player for the Pelicans? Uh, does Rondo count? Nope. <laughs> Just name one. Just one. Uh, each one more. Is he on the team? Oh, you got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill. That's right. I mean, those names are. So you still top think the sh- so the shooting is gonna be their downfall. It's gonna be tough, but with the talent in the front court, um, I, they can be interesting. I I just I don't know if they're gonna make the top eight. The West is still tough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we mentioned all those teams. The Grizzlies. Yeah. What about the Grizzlies? Probably be out, right? Well, is Chandler Parsons ever going to play again? He didn't play last year, and they made the playoffs at like six or seven, right? Seven. Yeah, but they uh, they lost Zebo and Vince Carter, and Tony Allen is still unsigned. Grit and grind is over. Oh man. It, um, how do you feel real quick about them retiring Zebo's jersey while he's still in the league? Oh, are they doing that? Yeah, they're doing that. No one else is That's ever awesome. going to wear number fifty for them. I love that. You That's did. Cool. I mean. He's going to be retired 
there anyway. You might as well do it. It's just weird because he's still in the league. Like he's still he's still playing. Yeah, I mean, you should. Yeah, that's true. Never mind. That's that's dumb. They shouldn't do that. <laughs> Come on, John Hollinger. Um, yeah. So I mean, the Mavs are interesting, but they're not gonna. I, I can't see them making enough noise. Lakers, Suns, Kings are probably the, the bottom teams, right? I I still have the Grizzlies making it. I think. Oh. I think I'm gonna put Ooh. the Grizzlies in there. Um, Over who? Clippers? Nuggets? Wolves? I think Grizzlies Jets? might get up to six. Like wow. Nug- Nuggets, Wolves, and Clippers have to prove it to me. Okay. I just. But you still have the Jazz in then. Yeah, the Jazz. They're they're a pretty well run team. Uh, their their offense is, you know, the ball moves. It it's not quite Warrior esque, but it's up there. That's what happens when you got Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Wait, so is that so that is your number five then? Yeah, I, I guess I have the the Jazz at five. I can't I mean I can't put the Grizzlies up at five. I can't move them up after losing people. Um, Man, interest, interesting how you lose Gordon Hayward and you still you stay at the same spot in the West. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. We don't know anything. <laughs> it's just a big jump to have the Nuggets and Wolves kind of just climb all the way up to the fifth, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um because we thought the same thing about the Wolves last year when, when they got Thibodeau. We thought they would make that big jump into the playoffs, and, and there's a bigger transition than we thought. Yeah, definitely. But I think this year is different with, with Butler and Teague coming in there. Yeah. Um, they need to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of how high they can get and how quickly they can gel and the guys can learn how to play defense. Yeah. I, I think um, Nuggets will – I mean, the, the Wolves will kind of snuggle into that Snuggle. Fifth, fifth or sixth, fifth or sixth. We'll see. Snuggle. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I. That's all. Like, uh, that's enough. Like, we can't, we can't predict this. But the one, the one team that we care about, the one move that we really care about is the Rockets, yeah. CP3, and potentially Carmelo. I don't know. Whenever we publish this, maybe he's on the team. Maybe he's not. Do you think if we got Carmelo, that that would push us over the edge to beat the Warriors? It would give us a very good chance. Um, so no. You, no, you're asking a guy who always believes. So I, I would have believed last year too if we played them in the conference finals. It, it's just you don't you don't like Melo, right? Have you ever liked Melo? No, I have always hated Carmelo Anthony. So you like hated. Him? Yeah, That's strong dislike. Cool. I, hate I I I liked him at um, way back in the day. Uh, first five years in the league, oh. I thought he was okay. one of the most clutch players in the in the NBA. Um, a lot a lot has changed since then. His fingers have become much more sticky. He doesn't move the ball as well anymore. But at the same time, if it's just at the expense of Ryan Anderson, you're still for that trade, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, Ryan Anderson's contract now is, is like, worse than Carmelo's, so I guess that's good. And, again, nobody talks about how Daryl Morey signed that contract. They're just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's trying to get rid of him so we can get Carmelo. But I mean, what is Melo really, really good at? He's good at like isolation. You can dump him the ball, he can score, which is great at the end of the games. So you need that on your right. team. But we have James Harden and Chris Paul. Well, he's great what? at catch and shoot as well, though. Like, Ryan Anderson makes like thirty foot bombs. Didn't <laughs> he shoot like forty percent from three? Ooh, that's high. I I don't know if it Maybe got less. all the way to forty. Um, I just remember all the bricks he shot at home in the two in the center. But Melo, Olympics Melo for sure, can take definitely take all the shots that Ryan Anderson made. 
And Olympic Mellow though shoots from like twenty one feet away, <laughs> and that's not far enough. Ryan Anderson spaces the floor. It takes like the most long threes in the league or something. Yeah. Dude, I, he shot forty percent from three last year. Man, did I, you just go to like a handful of bad games or something that you missed? I I needed to see the home and away splits because I know he is horrible at home, especially in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but again, this is a lot of wishful thinking from a Houston Rockets standpoint. But I just think. Melo wants to be here. He wants to win at this point. And if, he, yeah, if, if the trade goes so he's going to buy in. Um, and you're definitely not going to lose anything. I don't know if you're going to gain anything, but you're not going to lose anything on defense either versus him and Ryan Anderson. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You, you probably, obviously, you gain with Melo on the team. It's just like, I think I just don't like him. I, I don't think it's enough. Like, we got the Warriors who have CP guarding Steph. Yeah. You got Harden, I guess. Or maybe Harden's guarding Steph. I don't know. Harden's not going to chase Clay on screens. Um, Harden will probably Ari- be on Draymond. Ariza, oh yeah. Ariza on Durant. Yeah. Mellow guarding Draymond. Mellow oh, chasing. No. It's just, it's not the right matchups though. No, I mean he, Harden can Harden can guard Clay. Harden can guard. Okay. I yeah. guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, we, at least we got um, you know PJ Tucker to throw on a couple of those guys and. Uh, and your boy, Luke. Who? Luke Mbamute. Mbamute? Why is he my boy? I don't know. Clippers. <laughs> You're right next to uh, him. He, he's all right. Can't shoot at all, but um, I guess that's not what he's there for. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if a Melo trade's gonna gonna make it happen, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm sure they're still working on it. I'm sure Maury's hard at work all the time. Um, but he said before in interviews, like he's not really that interested in having the best team by July, end of July. He, he, all he cares about is, you know, come April, come playoff time. So this could drag on a bit until we can find that third or fourth team to take Ryan Anderson. So it could be <laughs> until the trade deadline, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, by the time we publish this, I think everything's going to change. We have no <laughs> idea if we list any of the teams in the West correctly, except probably the first couple teams but thanks for joining six Pains podcast as always please uh like us on facebook please uh give us a review if you could on itunes and uh thanks again for joining